Thank you so much for coming out. If you have your Bibles, we'll go to the book of Revelation chapter 3. just have something on my heart I want to share with you this morning. Revelations chapter 3. says, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I came in to you. Now you may say, what type of message is that today? I want to preach to you my Thanksgiving message. And you may say, well, what? How are you starting this off? Well, I don't want to talk about what the people ate. I don't want to talk about who they are and so forth and so on. I want to talk about the vision that God gave them in their heart in the very beginning of times on what this nation is planted on. And God is giving us and telling us we have a responsibility to take hold of that vision as they call themselves stepping stones for a godly nation and live according to the Word of God. Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen had a vision a few years ago back in the early 70s. And in this vision, he saw three frogs come out of the Atlantic and go over the White House. And at this time, he saw these three frogs, and he, it was right before Watergate. And, and they, he came back to Oklahoma, and he started praying. And as he prayed, uh, they prayed for a little while, then they stopped praying. They kind of started praying over other things. And when Watergate happened, the Lord spoke to him and says, I do not hold Nixon responsible. I do not hold the Republican Party responsible, but I'll hold you responsible. Because I showed you these things were going to come before they came. And you didn't stay faithful in praying and interceding and taking authority over those demonic spirits that came. How many of you know that this nation is on the edge of division? Been watching the news this week. They're fighting with governments city capitals, city, state halls, city halls, about taking Christmas trees down, taking stars down, taking lights down, wanting to take the name of Christ down. Over there in Florida, they signed them papers. They want kids to stop calling their parents mother and father because they don't want to offend anybody. And everybody's about politically correct. I've got emails upon emails of cities and states where a lesbian woman got upset because they were going to have a, a prayer meeting. And she says they're targeting me. And homosexuals are being upset. And the country has already passed a certain 
hate law that you cannot go so far in what you say and doing. And the thing that the enemy's trying to do is get to the point where pretty soon us ministers would be silenced and everybody would just have to say everybody's okay and not push any buttons the wrong way and just go along with the flow. But how many of that is not the way God started this nation? It started with a people who said, and even as one of the men, reverends who was on the Mayflower, told and said, if you, the Church of England, if you try to tell me how to worship, the way you tell me to worship is stench in the nostrils of God. And I will not bow to how you tell me to worship my God, but I will worship my God the way I serve Him in my heart. They had to separate themselves. We know that we're called to be separate. And we just got a word from a prophet this week that the enemy is trying to attack this nation with the spirit of oppression. The five kings that Joshua had to put his feet upon. The spirit of oppression which leads to injustice, fear, poverty, confusion, and defeat. The spirit is after our peace and tries to steal worry and fear. The spirit of religion tries to bring in performance about through legalism. Being led by doctrine instead of led by the Holy Spirit. This leads to passivity, retreat. Moral corruption, exhaustion, weariness, and broken relationships that causes the church the inability to move forward in the things of the Spirit. Then there was the third spirit of besiegement, which leads to barrenness, poverty, isolation, and death. It's living a life of how I want to live it, unbridled or restrained in any way. Then there's the spirit of blindness that causes us to see ourselves as, as we want to be and who we think we are instead of seeing ourselves how God sees us. And then there's a spirit of accusation, which is attacks reputations to discredit leaders from the true revelation of what God is showing His people. How many know we have a battle on our hands? And we hear about these different divisions. And we hear of these different things that are trying to come into our nation and change laws and take away our freedom. That everybody has rights but God's people. They're trying to get to the point where everybody can exalt their God. Everybody can read their, their certain type of Bible. Everybody can go to their type of church. But we're the ones who have to back, take a back seat and allow them to go forward. And that's nothing but the trick of the enemy. And we've got to stand and we've got to stand and we've got to pray. We've got to pray the power of God in our lives. We've got to pray the power of God in our churches. We have to pray the power of God in our homes. We have to take a determined stand that we are not going to compromise. I am not here because... Because anybody body who walks according to the Word of God will at times offend others. But I am sorry, but Jesus, the Son of God, the manifestation of God who was made flesh, the Word of God who was made flesh, as He went offending others, we are going to offend others too. And we cannot apologize for what the Word of God says. In 1572, France massacred 72,000 Protestants in one day. 72,000 Protestants in one day. And the enemy said, by what I'll do in France, I'll strike fear into England and cause the Christians to back away. But instead of backing away from what God wanted, they started fasting and they started praying. So Rome got a hold of Spain and said, our last enemy is England. Send your ships and I want you to, uh, I want you to destroy England. But as the ships from Spain started going towards England, all of a sudden a huge wind came up and blew the Spanish Armada against the rocks and destroyed it. And all of a sudden they made a, the Hollands knew it was God. And then on this coin they wrote, man proposeth, but God disposeth. 
And the ships fell and the ships that remained, the English got in their ships and went and blew them up and burnt them. And people started fasting and praying. But the devil had another plan. Well, if we can't destroy them through an army, if we can't destroy them through an enemy, we'll try to get in there and cause them to be religious. We'll have one church and everybody's got to just go to this one church and this is how you read the Bible. This is the Bible that you read. This is the way that you worship. This is the way you pray. And you can only do it this way and you can't do it another way. But And, and then the king stood up and says, and if you don't like like it, you either shape up or you ship out. Well, praise God, there was a hundred and two spirit-filled, Holy Ghost word people who said, well, we're not going to shape up according to you. Then we're just going to ship out and we're going to go somewhere where we can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. They went to Holland and they started noticing that their kids started speaking Dutch. How many of you know that if it wasn't for the pilgrims, we'd be speaking Dutch in this land instead of English? The founders of this country started speaking Dutch. They started seeing their kids take the customs of the, of the Dutch people. And they said, we've got to do something else. So they signed a paper and they got on the Mayflower and they came to America. And in England, in 1609, while ministers of the gospel were being silenced and imprisoned and exiled from the land, they stood up and they started praying that it was time for freedom of religion. A religion totally founded upon the Word of God. And in 1620, the pilgrims left on the Mayflower for America. Reverend Robertson called for a fast and then preached a message before departing out of Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. He said, I charge you before God and His blessed angels that you follow me no farther than you have seen me follow the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has more. Listen to what he says here. The Lord has more truth yet to break forth out of His holy word. They came for a hunger of the word of God. There's more truth yet to receive. I cannot sufficiently bewail the condition of the Reformed churches who are come to a period in religion and will go at present no farther than the instructions of their Reformation. Listen to this. Luther and Calvin were great and shining lights in their times. Yet they penetrated not into the whole counsel of God. Do you hear the heart of these people? Yeah, we got some revelation through counsel, and we got some revelation through Luther, but they did not go into all the counsel of God. There's still more. Look at your neighbor and say, there is still more revelation in the Word of God. There's still more revelation in the Word of God. He goes on to say, I beseech you, remember it. Tis an article of your church covenant that you will be ready to receive whatever truth shall be made known to you from the written word of God. After two months of sailing, landed off, they landed off of Massachusetts and wrote the Mayflower Compact that the primary purpose of the new country, listen to this, the primary purpose of this new country was the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith in the name of God. This nation was founded for the advancement of the Word of God. You hear me, church? America has a call and has had a call and has answered that call. At the present, we have 64,000 American missionaries overseas. Last year, we gave $11.4 billion on missions. But let me say something there as an ex-missionary. $11 billion is a joke because the world has outdone the church in charities. 
We give our little bit. My wife and I would get used tea bags, used underwear, and used socks and say, be happy. You're a missionary, you're supposed to rough it. You're a missionary, you're supposed to tough it. But let me tell you something, without the support of America, there's no way of getting into villages. There's no way of getting medicine. There's no way of building churches. There's no way getting into areas that have never been penetrated and reached by God yet. So we say, oh, we gave our little money. This church alone gave over fifty, sixty thousand. 60,000. But you know what? That is nothing compared to the need that there is billions and billions of people who have not been told about Jesus Christ yet. So guess what? America is not finished. We have a job to reach the gospel, the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been able to distribute 72,000 Bibles distributed worldwide uh, this year alone. How many know there's still more to do? Amen. William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth, wrote, Last and not least, they cherished a great hope and an inward zeal of laying good foundations, or at least of making some way towards it. For the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ, everything was about the advancement of the gospel in Jesus Christ in the remote remote parts of the world, even though they should be but stepping stones to others in the performance of a great work. He also said, freedom of worship and liberty for ourselves and our descendants is worth any price we must pay. They came to this country to establish a freedom of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. They didn't want a king telling them how they're to worship and how they're to read the word of God. And let me share something. How many of you know that we're talking about our enemies in Iraq and Iran and North Korea? And we talk about all these enemies. But let me tell you something. The enemies of the United States, they don't know freedom. So they don't respect freedom. Our enemies right now, they talk about the Islam and they talk about the Muslims. The Muslims don't understand or even think of freedom. But let me tell you what's worse than our enemies is an America, is a America that never thinks God for the freedom that we have and we take it for granted. We are our worst enemies, not the Middle East. America is its worst enemy. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 4 that Nebuchadnezzar laid comfortably in his palace. And it says that as Nebuchadnezzar lay there comfortably, it says, and my sleep was taken away from me and I had a vision. And in this vision, he saw the future of himself losing his mind, growing feathers, growing talons like a bird, and running around in the wilderness, wet with the dew of the rain, and running and howling like a wild man. And he went on and said, but who is this God that can do this? It goes on to say in that same chapter, that when he stood up to exalt himself after Daniel gave him the interpretation of the dream, that he lost his mind, he grew feathers, he grew talons, and he ran wild for seven years because he exalted himself instead of exalting his God. But at the end of seven years, it says he came to himself and he stood up and he says, there is only but one God and he is God and ruler of the nations alone. 
And until we as Americans realize that we are living, we're talking about the great whore Babylon being the Middle East. No, the problem is, is that we're living just like Nebuchadnezzar. We are rich in our palaces. We are comfortable in our palaces. We do what we desire and we're no different than the prodigal son. You want me to tell you about the prodigal son? The prodigal son got what he desired from his dad and said, no restraints. I'm free from restraints. I'll spend the money like I want to. I'll go with who I want to. I'll be what I want to be. I'll do what I want to do. But you know what happened? He spent his money and he thought he was free. But the truth was, instead of being free by what he was doing, he was becoming more and more of a captive to the enemy that was on the inside of him. And he lived the life of a dog and ended up living like a dog. The problem with America and what we hear and we see on TV all the time is that we have so much freedom. And Benjamin Franklin said, I have given you a republic, but it's up to you to keep it. I've given you freedom, but it's up to you to keep it. And now we have all these people, and even in the church, living life like they want to. I don't have to keep morals. I don't have to be of sound character. I don't have to be of a moral judgment. I don't have to live a life according to the Ten Commandments. I can just be free. Since I have the money to do it, I'll do it. Since I have the time to see it, I'll see it. Since it's my house, my TV, my VCR, uh, my friends, uh, since it's something that I like to do, I'm just going to do it. And the thing the Bible says, that we should no longer be slaves to those things that live within our flesh, but that we should subdue those things that are in our flesh, subdue them and bring up subjection, so that we are no longer in bondage to sin. We just allow our flesh, and there's, it's out there in every available way, And we're just like the prodigal son. We've been given so much. And there's no more restraints because we say there's no more God. Do you know there's even a a place on YouTube that I have heard them with my own ears where people are going on YouTube and it's called blasphemy.com. And it's for young people to get on there and openly blasphemy the father, blasphemy the son, and blasphemy the Holy Ghost and be part of the blasphemy group in the United States of America. And all you have to do is get on your computer to do it. There was a paper written by George Washington when he was in office and it was lost for a hundred years. Then they found it. And what he said we needed to do on Thanksgiving Day was repent for the sins of ourselves and the sins of our nation. And as we see the bounty and we see all the good things and as we see things that we desire, we've got to go back and realize that this nation was not a nation born to be a Sodom and Gomorrah, but it was called a nation. Even President Reagan quoted the pilgrims that said and dedicated this land to be a city on a hill, a light to the nations of what a nation that is dedicated to God is supposed to look like. That's what we are celebrating for Thanksgiving. That we are a nation that has been birthed out of the heart of God, but to be a nation that is pure and holy. And now we find a time with our nation where people, where there's division coming in, there is fighting coming in, and and that many are losing their mind. 
and going totally crazy into all the perversion and all the desires and all that we want. We just, there's no constraints. I'll just let it loose and I'll do it. I'll be it. I'll get it. I'll take it. I'll live a life of an animal and come to church and pretend to be a Christian. Ain't nobody's going to tell me, I want to be free from my father. Give me my inheritance. Because I don't want anybody to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I don't want anybody to preach the gospel to me that I can't believe this way or I can't act that way. I don't want preachers to stand up and say homosexuality is not a problem of biological or it's something in my genes or my cells and I was born this way. I don't want people to tell me that my problem is a sin and that the wages of sin is death. I don't want to hear that. But if we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, we need to celebrate those who brought Thanksgiving to this nation. Amen? Listen to this. It says, they wrote, We enter into a combination and confederation together to maintain and preserve the liberty and the purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we now profess. The purity of the gospel. That's why they came to this nation. We all came into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and in peace. Do you know that God made the laws of this nation? Do you know that the majority of our, of our laws were, and constitution, even the Declaration of Independence, was found upon the Ten Commandments of God? It was written that you could not, listen to what it was, the laws of the, listen to what the law of the nation was back then. You could not blasphemy the holy name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You could not blasphemy and take their name in vain. It was against the law. You would be arrested for doing so. Listen to the law of New York. The governor wrote this down. Whereas the true and sincere worship of God according to His holy will and commandments, is often profane and neglected by many of the inhabitants who do not keep holy the Lord's day. Now listen to this. The commandments of God is not obeyed and they're neglected and profaned. How? But in a disorderly manner, accustom themselves to travel, to labor, to work, to shoot, to fish, sporting, playing, horse raising, and using many other unlawful exercises and pastimes upon the Lord's day to the great scandal of the holy Christian faith. Do you hear the conviction of these women and men of God? The Sabbath day is holy. Keep it holy. You don't go hunting on the Sabbath day. You don't go fishing on the Sabbath day. You don't go pleasure riding on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is to the Lord and you're supposed to keep His day holy. It's a commandment of God. But boy, when we preach this, we'll hear it from a few people that don't you touch that. I'll go hunting if I want to go hunting. I'll go fishing if I want to go fishing. 
Who are you, preacher man, to be telling me what I can do? It's not preacher man. It's God Almighty. And it says that everyone will have to stand before Him and give an account of what we do right or we do wrong. As you can tell, this is not a pleasing-seeking church. Seeker-friendly church. But these people had convictions, and guess what? You know why they had Thanksgiving? Because when they went to hunt deer, they'd kill five instead of one. There was an overabundance. Why? Because they walked according to the commandments of God. Why are things wrong with me? How are you living? Why aren't things working out for me? What is your lifestyle? Well, you know, we're two consulting adults. We, we can live together. We can try this sex out. We can see if we can make it. We, you know, the United States is all about just, you know, if it feels good, do it. It's all about, you know, they're young. Give them, pastor, don't be so hard on them. They're young. The wages of sin is death. But you know, they're so full of hormones. Well, bind them in the name of Jesus. I have to. Amen, church. Amen, church. We want to give God thanksgiving and our nation is dying and going to hell. And they don't even know in four years if this nation will even resemble. And we had this little baby we testified that just got healed. And Brother Joseph, uh, him and his wife Missy just had a baby. And we wonder, what type of America will they grow up in? Because now the thing is, oh, we want everybody to feel comfortable and we don't want anybody to feel mistreated. Take the colored lights down. They represent somebody we don't believe in. Listen to this. They believe that God's laws were to keep morally good and holy, and those values helped them succeed in the harsh new land founded on American values. They said that America was to be a city on the hill where all the people of the earth could look upon it and say of their own nation, the Lord The Lord make it like America. The governor of Rhode Island wrote in 1638 that all and everything is submitted and dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. William Penn wrote Peter the Great, the Lord of Russia, and said, If thou wouldest rule well, thou must rule for God. And to do that, thou must be ruled by God. Those who will not be governed by God will be ruled by tyrants. Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. What we see these kids doing now, we hear about these kids killing at eight and nine years old, carrying guns on the bus at six years old. What the kids are doing now will be the government in the future. And you can see every year the increase in the increase And that's why we're in another building project. And we've outgrown all our Sunday school classes. And when we were offered this land next to us that I had to borrow some money for to buy, I got called by officials and they said, what does Pineville need more? A bigger hotel? Or or, or a, a children's church ministry building? 
I said, will you answer me that? Why does Pineville need more? A bigger hotel? Or a place for ministry for children? And they said, you're right. And we got that land. Listen. We need to build to raise these children under the admonition and the fear of the Lord. I'm not building my ministry. But I'm also not here to argue and fight over who gets the building, what the building is supposed to be about. It's not about how and for who we build it, but is that it's built for the glory of God and that we feel it. We build it so that God can fill it and raise up the fivefold ministry, raise up apostles and raise up young people who are founded on the Word of God, who will not compromise, who will not give in to the desires of the flesh, who will say no and abstain from sexual relationship before they're married and that they can learn how to marry that perfect one given to them by the Lord and not compromise and go with others and others and others and at the end they don't know who they are and they have brought upon them so many soul ties that they feel emotions from all kind of different pasts and lovers and all kind of different things and God is wanting a people to be free to walk in the spirit of holiness in the spirit of might He's wanting to raise up a new generation so I say let's get on board and let's build it and let's do something to raise up this generation because this generation will decide the government of the next Listen to what they used to have to say swearing into office. I, and they would have to say their name, do profess faith in God the Father and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, and in the Holy Ghost. I don't hear that being professed anymore. One God, blessed forevermore, and I do acknowledge the Holy Scriptures of the Old and the New Testament to be given by the divine inspiration. Now, how could someone swear upon the Koran how could they allow a senator to swell, swear upon the Koran to get an office when we have documents that this nation was founded upon the Old and the New Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ? We've got to pray for voices. And I don't care if I have to get arrested. I don't care if some other person has to be arrested or tried or whatever for this type of news to get out. But somehow America has to awake. Somehow the church has to awake. Somehow we've got to awaken this nation that we are responsible for the freedom that these people gave us. And they paid a price for us to believe in the pure, holy gospel of Jesus Christ. They had to swear this binding oath never to vow atheism, be unreligious. Listen to what they had to swear to when they got into office. They could not curse. They could not swear. They could not be, they could not be drunken. They could not profane, speak profanely. They could not whore. They could not go into adultery. Or they could not murder or any type of violence. And that marriage is defined the law of God. Boy, do we hear about that in the White House? And Senate and Congress? Amen, church. We're so free, we don't want to hear the truth. But it's the truth that sets us free. And yeah, I'm stirred up and I'm riled up because it's, I can't just be comfortable and lay on the swing and let the swing roll and just preach real comfortable, good messages to make everybody feel welcome and comfortable. And we do not preach the whole counsel of God for the reason that these people left and, and took the trip across the ocean to find this land upon the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
Christ. Dwight Eisenhower said a soldier's pack is the final choice. It's not as heavy as a prisoner's chain. Freedom is our greatest possession. Freedom is a heavy responsibility. How many know you've got to live, if we want to enjoy the freedom, we've got to live in the area of responsibility for the freedom. Amen? When I was a teenager and 15 and I finally got my driver's license, I had the freedom of driving my car. But I had to drive it responsibly. If I wrecked it, which I did, it got taken away from me. If I got a speeding ticket, I had to pay for it. If I wore my tires out by peeling out my 455 Harley carburetor that I had in my Buick, I had to pay for my own tires. Well, there's your car. Here's your insurance. I mean, here's your license. But if you want to enjoy the freedom to drive, you've got to be responsible with that liberty. And we've been given all these liberties. But how, how responsible am I living with the freedom with which I have? It seems like a lot of times when you preach messages like this, you have counterattacks. Not only from devils, but from people. And they go, why do you preach like that? Why, why didn't you just preach on Thanksgiving? Well, I think you've gotten a lot of message on what the joy of the Lord is. I think we all could step and say, I want to thank God for this and that, but I cannot get up here today with this conviction in my heart on the type of America that we live in and how, church, we've got to pray. Tuesday night intercessions, but not just Tuesday night, every day. We've got to pray for this nation, this land, this state, and this country. We've got to pray for God to raise up godly leaders. When we hear things or read things in the paper, we've got to go into the attack and use the authority that God gave us to pray for them. Freedom today has grown in such, such a selfish way. Thomas Jefferson said, The liberty we claim is a gift of God. Government may take liberty away from people like on occasion. It takes a life away from people. But only God can give either liberty or life. He wrote, Immorality makes you less free and more of a slave to sin. Real freedom means you are free to be the best you can be to say the best, and to worship the highest one. Amen? Philippians 1.21 says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address wrote, The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here and to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. How many of you know that freedom is not totally established here in America anymore? And what freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of conviction, freedom for the Word of God. 
And if we're going to continue what they started here in the early 1600s for the freedom of the gospel to be the authority of the word of God, we've got to believe God that God is going to raise up Christian spirit filled politicians, doctors and lawyers and start telling people and raising up people to take the seven mountains, to get into the media, as we've shared so many times, to get into Hollywood, to get into these places and raise up these pictures. Because at the same time, they were hearing everything negative. Last night, we watched the lighting of the Macy's tree on TV. And I told my wife, I praise God that they're still singing the name of Jesus. They sang more hymns than they did those little fun songs of Christmas time. And they sang and they would say the name of Jesus. And they would sing about Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King. Oh, come and let us adore him. And I thank God that in New York, that instead of saying, no, we don't want to offend anybody, thank God there was four songs that they sang about the name of Jesus. And I just thank God every opportunity I can hear of them singing about the name of Jesus. And even though last year, some people, some businesses did away with saying Merry Christmas. You got to say Happy Holidays. And they repented and now they're going back to saying Merry Christmas. I just thank God that there's still a small cry in the United States of America that we want America to be pure We want America to be holy. We want America to be morally right. We still believe in character. We still believe in integrity. We still believe in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We still believe that America is a nation under God. And we are willing to pay a price just like the pilgrims did for this nation to be a place worthy of God to say, this is my land. This is my nation. I want to be a part of this entire generation that will raise his voice, encourage the young people. Encourage the children to rise up and be a prophetic voice at this time that we are not going to bow to the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar but we are going to bow only to the name of Jesus Christ which is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I am not going to lay in a comfortable bed and a comfortable home and drive a comfortable car and say, oh we've got it so made when this nation is on the verge of going to hell. But we are going to take the authority that he gave us. And we're going to pray and we're going to attack and we're going to bind. And I believe we still have time if we jump on it. That before the elections of 08, God can supernaturally turn the hearts and turn the tide. And whoever gets in that office on election day, I still believe God can put the right person in there to give us a few more years. A few more years of liberty. And freedom. But we've got to pray that pastors behind pulpits, ministers on TV, ministers on the radio, it's time to preach the whole counsel in God and not just what people are itching to hear. I want you to tell me how I can have more money. Okay? The Ten Commandments. I want you to tell me how I can live happier. Okay, the Ten Commandments. I want you to tell me how to fix my wife's and I's marriage. Okay, the Ten Commandments. If you keep the commandments of God, everything will go well with you, says the Word of God. That's what they founded this country on. So I come to you today, that on this Thanksgiving Day, That we thank God and we do thank God for the freedom and the blessings we have in this nation. But it's it's not global warming that we've got to worry about. 
is not global warming we have to worry about. It's whether this nation will continue to be a nation under God and under His divine care and His divine protection. That we will remain a nation that loves our God and desires to serve Him and don't put restrictions or limitations on Him. I want to ask you, church, I want you to join with the angels. I want you to join with the head of the church, Jesus Christ, that we war in the Spirit and proclaim the Word of God over this nation. But let me tell you this too. What I do affects the land I live in. The way I live in my home affects the atmosphere of my home. The way I operate at work affects the atmosphere of the city. And you say, what can I do besides pray? Live the life of Christ. We must die to self and live the Christ-like life. Not yield to the desires and the things that are available, but stay committed to character and integrity. And we may end up being a few, but we'll be the chosen few. They may be few and fewer, but we'll be the remnant. And when we get before the Father, we'll be the first. If we come in areas where we're the last here on earth, we'll be the first before the Father. And He will not be ashamed to call our name before His Father on that day. Would you stand, please? I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I pray if anyone somehow the word this morning, like the card of Revelations 3, has caused us to wake up more in areas of our lives that we must learn to live our lives according to the word of God. We've got to surrender. Crucify and give up our old evil ways, the old man. As you bow your head and you close your eyes, before we get ready to pray together, I want to ask if there's anybody here that you are here this morning and you say, my life is not right with Christ. And I know that I need to get my life right with God right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand? God bless you. God bless you, sis. Anyone else today? God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? I've got to get them. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? I've got to get my life right with Christ. God bless you. I want to ask the prayer team to come up here. And I want to ask so far those four people, would you come up? Would you come and face the prayer team? Would you come? There was four people so far who raised their hand. Would you come and let us pray with you? Please come. Come. Come today. Come today. Come today. Come today. Come. Stand before one of these prayer teams that are ready to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Here's two more. 
There was one more that raised his hand. Would you please come? Anybody else? Christians, bow your heads. Bow your heads and pray. Bow your head and pray. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else here today? I've got to get my life right with God. The greatest gift I can give to Him is my life. The greatest gift He ever gave to us was His. If you're here today and you say, I needed to surrender my life again to Him. I have not lived my life right with Him. If that's you, would you come up here today, surrender your life again and totally to Him. Let me be a living sacrifice. Forgive me of my sins. Maybe you've wandered in some areas you shouldn't have come and get prayer. Maybe you need prayer for areas of your life. Maybe you need prayer of some area you've been wrestling with. Come and receive prayer today. Come and receive prayer today. Come and receive prayer today. Maybe you need to come kneel at the altar. Whatever it is in your life that you know is not pleasing to God, get it right with God today. Let's get ready to start this. Let's end this new year right. Let's end this new year right. God bless you. God bless you. Let's end this new let's end this year right and let's start the new year right. Let's get it right today. Let's get it right today. Let's get it right today. If you're here today, you gotta to come to this altar, you come and you pray right now, and you got some areas in your life, come give it to Jesus today. He knows about it. We're not gonna ask you about it, that's between you and him, but come get your life right with him today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where we search our hearts and we rend our hearts instead of rending our garments and say, Lord, search me and know me and try me. If there be any wicked way in me, lead me to the way everlasting. Anyone else at all? Anyone else at all? Come, come, come. Come and surrender to the one who loves you and showed you his love by sending his son to die on the cross for you. Come and surrender today. Come today. Come today. And as these are prayed, I want you there to pray with me. And we're going to repent today on behalf of our nation for the spirit of pride. Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we repent for the spirit of pride on our nation. We repent for being a nation that has grown so rich and so comfortable and so secure. That we don't need you. Only when things are going wrong. Only when natural disasters are happening. Only when bombs are falling. Only when bullets are being shot out of guns. That's when we remember and we call upon you. But Lord, forgive us for being a nation that have you as a part-time God. That when we need you, we'll call on you. But when we don't need you, then don't interfere. We pray for mercy on this nation. We pray mercy on us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our wavering. Forgive us for our lack of commitment. Forgive us of our sins, our rebellion. Forgive us of our iniquities, Lord. Lord, today on this altar, we come before you, Father, and we proclaim that judgment begins in the house of God. And we repent for our sins. We repent for the flesh. We repent for the areas we have practiced and we've given into. 
We repent for our thoughts, for you said even the thoughts are as bad as the act. We repent for our words. You said by our words we're justified and we're condemned. We repent for any wrong, evil, negative words we have spoken. We repent for selfishness. We repent for self-reliance, self-pride, self-exaltation. Oh, Father, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And we come and we proclaim this day a day of repentance before you. That you forgive us. And you forgive our land. But you said in your word that if your people would humble themselves and pray, and if we would repent, you would hear from heaven and you would heal our land. Father, our land needs a healing. Our land needs purifying. The stout-heartedness, the stiff-neckedness of even your own people have been stout before you. Lord, we humble ourselves. It's time for America to humble itself. That, Lord, there's only one who's great, and it's you. There's only one way to survive, and it's only through the blood and the word of your testimony. Cleanse our land. Cover our military. Cover our president, vice president, Congress, and Senate. Cause there to be a shaking in their lives, Lord. Even if they're, Lord, we pray for dreams, even as Nebuchadnezzar had interpretation, so they could see the error of their ways and repent. We pray that Holy Ghost conviction will come and raise up the prophets. Raise up the prophets to speak before us, to speak before Congress and Senate, to speak your word. Raise up ministers, raise up men, women, raise up children, raise up children to speak your holy word in this end hour. We know the time's short. We know it's time to awaken the righteous for the days are fleeing by. We know it's time to work. Give us your heart for this land and for these people. Forgive us for turning our back upon you and your word. Forgive us for living life as we desire. Forgive us of our sins.